ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy, here now are the Killer Bees, Jill Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. Andrew Carlson's out here on site engineering. Brian McDonald behind the glass because Joe George couldn't be bothered to work past Monday. This way he did all his work on Monday. I don't need to show up Tuesday through Friday. But we're at the decoy, so it's good for us. Uh, the decoy out in Spring Branch. Come on. It's a beautiful day outside. Andrew, why didn't you set us up outside? I wanted to do it. I wondered the exact same thing. I was like, oh, this outside, is the day Andrew. we should be outside. Could work on your tan. Could have the sunglasses on. The sun scares me, Jeremy. To so be honest I, with you, I could see that a pale man like yourself. That that makes some sense. Uh, which I mean, rightfully so. What are those little things that you? They're not really like. They're not swings. They're kind of like half eggshells. Like I don't know what you would call that. The little chairs that you sit in. It's a swing. Yeah, of it's some almost side, like it's a. Not, it's I, it's like a basket chair. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's, not, it's too small to be like a love seat. But I always call it a swing. We'll call it a swing. Part of me would like to do the show from that swing. That'd be pretty cool. Part of me would like to do the show from that swing. So maybe next time, Andrew, instead of being in the confines of the indoors with the climate control, brave the sun. It's been ugly the last, what, four days? Yeah. It's been raining. There's been parts of the city flooding. Hope everybody's safe. And we're hitting, we're trapped inside when it's beautiful. I brought my sunglasses. I was ready to go. Ready to go, Andrew. Andrew, you made the list. Today is, today is Bad Tank Boulevard, and you know what? I wasn't planning on putting you on the list. You've made the list for, for having us inside. But come on, hang out with us. Uh, we are inside, uh, but it is beautiful outside. Love to have you. But this is your spot for the conference championship games on Sunday. $3 Fireball, $19 100-ounce Love Street Tower. That sounds like a good time. $100 Don Julio bottles. That's awesome. Uh, $10 Court and corn, uh, Cornhole Rental all of February as well. Daily specials every day of the week. Today's Thursday, so it's a throwback Thursday. $2 off all tequila cocktails and shots, $100 bottles of Tito's, uh, Fireball, some more stuff as well. So 24-foot indoor, uh, indoor TV wall, 185-inch outdoor giant screen. This is a great spot. Love coming out here. Happy to be here today. Uh, we would love for you to join us. Can't make it today? Come watch some football here this weekend. Come take part of their daily, daily specials. We'll get to a lot of stuff today. Uh, a lot of accolades for the Houston Texans coming out. A lot of finalist stuff. Uh, D'Amico is named the National Football Writers Coach of the Year. I- I've always hated how the National Football Writers just don't get as much love as the AP. The AP gets all the credit for all the big awards, but the National Football Writers, they don't get any love. This is just kind of like a minor trophy. That's unfair to the National Football Riders. Not that I care a whole lot about them. Uh, we'll get into is this the final chapter of Astro Baseball? Like that notion's been going around. We got to get to the Rockets loss yesterday, too. Ooh. Worst loss of the year? Some people are saying that about the Rockets. It is Bad Take Boulevard Day today as well, so what bad takes? Need to make the list and join Andrew on that very <laughs> illustrious. It is an illustrious list today, though. It isn't. My wife made the list today. So, Andrew, mm. my wife, very elite company. No one, no one's off limits. We don't discriminate against anybody, including our wives. All right, the Texans, I think, raised the bar this year. No doubt, no doubt. Like, no one was expecting them. I always say no one. I say in these, like, totality statements, a lot of people didn't expect them to win double-digit games, win the AFC South, win a playoff game, all of this. But the Texans have now raised the bar where anything less than a playoff performance going forward with C.J. Stroud will be a disappointment. Is that a fair statement? That's very fair. If they miss the playoffs next year, even with a terrible schedule, if they go 9-8 and and miss the playoffs with a very difficult schedule, 
I think they've set themselves up where the fan base would be disappointed with yeah, that. Yeah, very fair. And I think that realistically we've already tried to kind of prepare people for, hey, this isn't going to be the same schedule you saw a year ago. This is going to be where you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And that's what comes with a first-place schedule. That's what they're going to have to do. But regardless, the way they've played and kind of hung in there with the majority of the teams that they played, you want to believe that they're ready to be on that level with those teams. But because you play so many of them, you're going to possibly see a lot of tight games that may or may not go your way. It doesn't matter. If you don't make the playoffs, and it's it's one thing to say to win the division again, but if you don't even make the playoffs, no matter what and the reason why, and you can point to injuries or this or that, people are going to be disappointed. There's no doubt about it because that, that's what happens with expectations. Part of what made this year so good, like you went 10-7, and seven, you won 11 games in the previous three years, but why was this season thought of as this like giant win? Because of expectation. Look at what the Astros did. The, the Astros clawed to a, a division title win barely. Barely. They got back to, what is it, seven straight ALCSs. They finished a game shy of the World Series. And what was the outlook or the feeling about the Astros season? I'm not going to quite say that it was a – maybe some people feel this way – that it was a failure. I don't, I don't feel like it was a failure, but it's kind of like, eh, it's a little bit of a letdown because you expect to be in the World Series. You, you won you know, three games on the road, like win one home game. So a lot of people that, that are you know, Houston sports fans, Astros, Astro fans, they felt let down not going to the World Series. They went far, farther than the Texans. What's the difference? Expectation is the difference. So the Texans have put themselves to the spot, and deservedly, like they, they earned this right, to where now the expectations for the C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's great first years, they've put themselves where they've, they've, they've raised the bar to where if they fall short of the postseason, we're going to feel like it is a disappointing season. Is that fair? Is that fair after just one year of uh, D'Amico Ryan's, after C.J. Stroud's rookie season? Let's be honest. It was a last-place schedule this year. Next year it's going to be a first-place schedule. But let's look at the way it ended. Regardless of the end result against Baltimore, do you feel at the end of the season – in, in doing your end-of-the-year press conferences and getting ready to look forward, do you feel like it was a fluke? Do you feel like in any way, shape, or form this was a team that just caught lightning in a bottle, lucked out in a few games, and then got everything to fall in the place to go their way to where they got where that they, they sat at the end of the year? Because I don't. And I think that when, as much as I had tried to have realistic expectations going into the season, I have more realistic expectations coming out of it that this team is well on its way to a good run of success and continuing to get better. And if you feel that way, then you rightfully feel like anything short of progress is going to be a disappointment. And anything short of at least doing what you – and maybe division is too – is unfair, but maybe it's not. Just getting to the playoffs alone, that would be the last resort. At least you get in, and then it's not a disappointment. And maybe you make some hay again. But if you don't even get in – and you don't have the success you had of a year ago, people are no doubt going to call it a disappointment. So what is the bar going forward? Now that they've went 10-7 and seven on a last play schedule, uh, now that you have C.J. Stroud, who we, we've debated this, I've seen people debate this, not really interested in having the debate right now, but we've talked about how C.J. Stroud's a top five quarterback in the NFL. So you have that guy. Uh, you feel confident with the leadership capability of D'Amico Ryans and calling plays. You have the cap space. Uh, you still have... 
a full arsenal-ish uh, of draft picks coming up. So you're not shorthanded at all like they were in the early years of Nick Casario. You're coming off 10 wins. You have $50, $60 million. Some people have say up to 70 Maybe you can create up to $70 million in cap space, and we'll try to get to that a little bit later. You have, you, you have your own – well, you don't have your first rounder, but you have a better first rounder, actually. Uh, you have a second rounder, et cetera, et cetera. What should the bar be for the Houston Texans going forward? I mean, going forward is how far can you go in the playoffs? Going forward is this is a team that is chasing, you know, the next the next ring on the on the ladder, and that would be getting to an AFC championship game. And from getting to an AFC championship game, it's going to be winning that. It's going to be getting to their first Super Bowl. It's knocking first off the list. It's kind of what we did with C.J. Stroud, but on a grander scale. When you start taking the list, when we looked at C.J., you know, can you lead a team down, you know, a a drive and and get points? Then when he progressed on that, you know, can you lead a two-minute drill and get your team points to go ahead? Or can you lead a a game-winning drive at the end of a game? Check, check, check. We kept checking boxes. The next thing was, could you win a big, big game like you did in Indy then it was can you win a playoff game and he did that too I think from the Texans perspective it's similar that now that you've already gotten CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryan's their first playoff win and you advance to the divisional round it's can you win the get by the divisional round and get to an AFC championship game and then when you check that off the list you keep climbing you keep rising you keep doing and that's that's what people are going to expect from you see I put the bar in postseason like uh, to me it's postseason or bust and like you those are the like, those are certainly the ladders that you want to climb and go up each rung, and who, who knows when you get there. Now, like, I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the theory that you always have to get incrementally better in sports. Uh, I think the Astros are an example of that. They went to the playoffs in 2015. Some people think ahead of schedule. Uh, everybody was ready for them to just take off, win the American League West year in, year out, year in, year out. They missed the playoffs entirely in 16. They took a step backwards and then took 18 steps forward and won the World Series the following year. And we've discussed, like, could the Texans be the 15 Astros ahead of schedule lots of young players that you're building around they taste success ahead of schedule and then maybe they take a step back that following year only to take four or five steps forward the year after that I think it's I think it's plausible especially with the schedule but if they miss the playoffs that's where the oh man are the Texans in the like are they in that plight that we thought they were are they in this championship drive like we thought they were is the window open like we thought it was supposed to be open because I think the window opens this offseason I think the window is open for the Houston Texans with the cap space but would it stun me if they missed the playoffs next year in a very competitive AFC if they go nine and eight it really wouldn't like that's a one game difference than this year see the schedule to me because the difference what we're talking about here is the difference between it, you know, what's a disappointment? Well, the expectations of the fan base and who makes the judgment on the disappointment. I think from the fan base's perspective, they're going to think of anything short of what they did a year ago as being disappointing. I think you're right. The biggest thing is going to be if they make the playoffs or not, it's going to be that, that bar of acceptability in terms of disappointing or not. Especially with, But the schedule, to me, weighs heavy for me. Because as easy as this one was this year, you are facing a gauntlet next year. And that means... You already know that you, are, you, you have the makings of a good team. You had a great first year, but you have to get better, and you have to get better across the board. You've got to have another great draft. You have to hit free agency right, and you have to continue not only just from a roster perspective but from a results perspective. And so I think that when you look at what's acceptable from the fan base, it's going to be different than what we can realistically say was a success or a failure, disappointment, or reached the approval status of a team for next season. I think we can honestly say if they fight tooth and nail in every game next year against the first-place schedule, and either they just miss it or they just get in, but let's say they just miss it, 
we at least can rationally see enough progress to say they busted their ass. They were in every game. They had a chance, and you know, coach and, and quarterback and guys didn't take a step back. From a fan base perspective, if you don't make the playoffs, you're right. it's a disappointment. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at too. Like it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to derail your plight, but certainly it'll be a disappointing season because you think, oh, they're they're back to being a playoff team. That's who they're telling you they are. They're they're a AFC South champion. That's who they're telling you they are. Uh, they defended their home turf, won a won a home playoff game. That's who they te- they're telling you that they are. So I do think that the Texans have established that bar. And I would also say I think it's a fair bar. I think it's a fair bar for the fans to have. Because the division, like, I, I think the Colts have a chance to be good. I think the Jags still have a chance to be sure. good. Uh, you know, they kind of collapse down the stretch. So this, this division's not chopped liver like, you know, many people thought it was at the start of the year. Some, some even still think it's chopped liver. I, I really don't think it is. I think it's a competitive division. And it's certainly the superior conference when you're talking about playoff depth. Right. You get to some of the teams in the NFC that were fighting for a playoff spot. Like, eh, they're pretty mid. Uh, you look at the AFC fighting for the playoff spot. It's like, hey, these these teams have some like pretty good traits and pretty good feet. Like even the Browns, like uh, you might think Flacco sucks and was off like on his couch six weeks ago. Well, they have the number one defense in the NFL. So the AFC, well, and they I have find a veteran quarterback difficult. that can step in too. A lot yeah, of teams. I thought he was overrated though. Well, and you know, I've I've been very very anti Deshaun even reaching the the, ability, the levels that he was at prior to all this crap. Yeah, and you've dealt that. But at the same time. When you look at, like you said, they have the, they have the number one defense in, in the NFL, and they've got you know Amari Cooper, and they've got Chubb coming back, and they've got weapons. The fact that if you, if the quarterback that you were you were relying on at the end of this season isn't your quarterback, most teams have to go searching. The fact that at least you plug and play a guy that has experience, that has at least got you know, and knows the offense, is at least something a feather in their cap to say, hey, we got a chance to at least go as far or further because we have a guy that can step right in. Whereas we look at Indian teams like that that had everything else, and then they kept playing musical chairs with different options at quarterback that failed. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Uh, we're on YouTube now. If you if you don't know, now you know. Uh, you can just search ESPN Thanks, Houston Ari. on YouTube. What's that? Thanks, Ari. Oh, is he to say that? Ari Alexander does his morning news reports, and when he finishes. He, he hits him with that line. I can promise you that uh, it's not an original Ari joint. I can promise you I know where it came from in the song that it was, yes. Um, the uh, fake Tony Stark is on the, uh, is on the YouTube, ESPN Houston. He says hammock chair. A hammock chair? Is That's it a hammock exactly, chair? Yeah, I've heard that as well. But it's not as long. It's more like it's boxy. Yeah, a hammock would be more like yeah. not supportive. You know, it just kind of like Like hanging. a hot dog. Yeah. But, but at the same, I mean, or like, you know, just like a. I don't know, like hanging in a blanket as yeah. opposed to this is a basket. It's almost like an egg shell. Like it's a half egg to me. Mm-hmm. It's like you sit in the egg. I don't know what you call those things. I'm just not sophisticated enough. You get the sophistication here at the decoy in Spring Branch. All right, very busy show for you today. Jam-packed. I, I really like what we have planned today. The final chapter of the Houston Astro era. Some people were saying that. Got to get into the Rockets. Many people, lots of people were sounding off on this loss yesterday. Worst of the year, people were calling it. Andrew Carlson makes an illustrious list of Bad Take Boulevard. Maybe his debut on Bad Take Boulevard as well. Also, where is the Slowick leaving percentage at now with the news of Carolina, but also maybe the news of Belichick in Atlanta? We've talked a lot, too, about the Houston Texans having a lot of cap space, and we've, we've talked a lot about spending that money. Well, how about creating more cap space? Some Houston Texans that could be on the short list of being some cap casualties to create even more room under the cap for Nick Casario. But what is the Texans' bar for you now that they went to the playoffs this last year, won the AFC South? Is that a fair bar? 
for the Houston Texans. 713-780-ESPN, our HRP listener line on YouTube. Search ESPN Houston. We haven't forgot about the Twitchers. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. I wouldn't suggest going to hang out with them. Just haven't forgot about them. He's at uh, Pac-Man Joel on the Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham on the Twitter. Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the decoy, and your favorite drive time sports talk, the Killer Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy. Yeah, that's us, Blank and Branham. It is a throwback Thursday at the decoy in Spring Branch. Come hang out with us. Get off work a little early. And maybe you get off work now. Come have a $2, uh, $2 off all tequila cocktails and shots. That's outstanding. If you're if you're looking to entertain maybe a group of people, $100 bottles of Tito, uh, Tito's and Fireball as well. Uh, your spot to watch some sports like the conference championship games on Sunday. They'll have Sunday specials as well. $3 Fireballs, $19 100-ounce Love Street Towers, $100 Don Julio bottle. That's a, that's a good deal. 24-foot indoor TV wall, 185-inch outdoor giant screen, three sand volleyball courts and cornhole lanes as well. A $10 court and cornhole rental all of February, another really good deal. Uh, VIP boots and bottle service available for rent, probably sitting where we're sitting right now in this really nice booth. Uh, top Houston DJs, which is really cool, perfect for happy hours, birthday parties, corporate events, and team building. Granado's birthday's on the Super Bowl. This would be a perfect spot to have his birthday party on the uh, Can you imagine us doing team building as a station? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, could. I can imagine it. I'm not saying that it would be like highly effective or efficient, but I can imagine us doing it. Like us all out there playing volleyball and Beard stumbling on his okay, legs. Okay, and, That's okay, and right? And Lance spraining his ankle. Have you yeah, ever been through it. any of them? Have you ever been through any team building? No, I've never done. No, I'm. I'm I haven't. No, I, I've not. done a couple with the Rockets over the years, mm-hmm. and one of the ones that's frightening is the one where they put the employee that should never be the one standing on top of the table. And then you all have to catch them. A little free fall? Yeah, the free fall thing. And I guarantee you that there were a lot of people that thought when we did it about dropping that person. What? <laughs> we had some not-so-fearless Who was it, James leaders. Harden? No, but similar traits in certain ways. But, yeah, there were, I, there were a few, t- few times where the overzealous instructor of the team building was like, hey, let's put your CEO up on top of the table and then have – all your directors and managers get ready to catch said person, and everybody's yeah. looking at each other like, I will if you will. Yeah, a little trust fall, Donna yeah. says on the YouTube chat. 713-780-ESPN. Search ESPN Houston YouTube. Yeah, I don't know if, how confident I would be doing a trust fall. Uh, there's certain people I, I would – if I could pick who I was falling into, I would feel much better about it than if I couldn't pick who I was falling into. Like, there's some certain people I wouldn't yeah. want to fall into. No, I agree for, with you. For, like – mentality point of view and then also just like strength you know like i want some strong burly dudes catching me and i also want to trust that they wouldn't drop me because of things i've scorned them in the past beard would catch you like catching a newborn baby well i mean if beard's as strong as he thinks he is he could catch me by himself right right yeah yeah because he thinks he's very strong um, seven one three seven eight zero ESP. What's the bar that you have for the Texans? Is it a is it a fair bar? The one that we just uh, established as well. Uh, it's playoffs. It's playoffs for the Texans now that they've reached the playoffs. One four eight three. The bar the uh, bar depends on off season pickups. I can see that that's because fair. now it now it that's the expectation thing, right? Because if you sign, which I, I think the Texans have a bunch of like they have ten starters they have to fill by the way in the off season. I was looking at that today. We'll get to that tomorrow, but. 
if you go into the season feeling really good about your roster, they've made some really good free agent pickups, you like what they did in the draft, it's like, okay, well, I expect you to repeat the performance that you just had, even though the schedule is a little bit more difficult, where I don't, I don't really anticipate this happening. But let's say Casario goes really frugal, really cheap, doesn't spend any money for whatever reason, and you're not in love with what he did in the draft. And then you start looking at the gauntlet of the schedule, and you're like, eh, it might be tough to get to 10 wins again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's overall. I know the Twitch was a little bit vague or a little bit abbreviated with it. I mean, the, the text. The big thing to me would be the overall, right? Did you make the roster better? Did you make, like I said, did you you had a hell of a draft last year, and you're not looking for a franchise quarterback this time around, but there's still holes to fill and places where you could really make a, a lot of headway if you made the right pick and you got the right position group upgraded I mean so you look at it just straight from D'Amico's mouth yesterday we were talking about he wants to upgrade the defensive line he wants to upgrade the running game okay well is he able to do that with a combination and Nick available to do uh, that with the draft and free agency are you spending money wisely are you going which I don't think Nick's going to do but are you going crazy and over committing to a bigger name or two and then limiting how, how much other stuff you can do so it all has to keep coming together, but because you made such a quantum leap this year, everything is on the table, but you have to be able to keep that success going by not taking a step back. Alex says, uh, Hannah, open up the checkbook. Uh, I imagine Hannah likes to spend Cal's money a little bit. Now, I, I, I fully expect the Texans to be near the cap. Now, Casario, whenever he was talking to uh, John Harris and Mark Vandermeer rock and roll the other day on their, their YouTube channel, they – um. I mean, Casario said you have to leave yourself some wiggle room for in-season moves. So sure. I wouldn't expect them to go all the way. Like, they have zero dollars left. It's probably going to leave them a million or two. But, hey, like, get within get within five million of the cap, you know? Like, like get within five million of, of, the, of the salary cap. Yeah, no doubt. But I think, first of all, by the way, Hannah, I think, uh, is spending Cal's money already because – I think she helped get Cal those baseline season tickets at the Rockets. Well, Dre, Dre the Rockets. was there. Did you see that? Uh, not not uh, Dr. Trapp. Dre, but Andre. Trapp. Well, Andre Johnson was there last night. And so was Trap. Oh, was he? Trap was right next to him. I saw the yeah. tweet. They didn't mention Trap. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I texted Andre Trap, Trap and, and I was like, Travis I was like, hey, big fella, slow down on all that popcorn because he had a popcorn. He was hammering some popcorn next to Hannah. But no, I think that when you look at what they have to do, they have to spend wisely, but they have to take it a, a, up a notch. We, you always call them the Fighting Rex Burkhead accurate, Burkheads a, accurately. They've upgraded a little bit from that so far. They have to continue to upgrade in that direction. Younger, better players, longer contracts, guys that are going to be here as part of this progression going forward. And the draft is so hyper-important to everything that they do because you get so many guys on such very, very team-friendly contracts that are going to be hyper-important to taking this thing to the next level. And we've already seen hints. We know what they're going to be kind of looking at. But let's not also take D'Amico's comments for what they are, but let's also not second-guess the fact that safety, wide receiver. There's other positions where you can upgrade through the draft and you can make substantial impact on your squad. Junior Bronco says that Hannah's spending Carrie's money. <laughs> wow. Carrie probably thinks so. That's probably why Carrie has that lawsuit uh, that's held up in court right now or whatever. Urban 89, King of Twitches, and Virginia all had the same thought. Texans should win division every year now. Chi Lawrence, not a franchise quarterback. If he was, they'd be a perennial playoff team by now. Richardson will be played by injuries in and out of the league on first contract. Uh, already a concussion in shoulders. A rookie doesn't bode well. Now, I think you're on to something with Richardson's injury injury woes. Like, to be out of the league before your first – like, after your first contract, though, I don't see that happening, especially with the talent that he has. Like, Anthony Richardson, I mean, that's a hot take. If you turn out to be right, I'll tip my – I'll buy you a drink, Urban 89 and King of Twitches and Virginia for all having that same take. Now, 
the Trevor Lawrence conversation is always interesting. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence is talented. I do think that he is underachieved with the roster that he has. And Jacksonville's facing some, you know, significant personnel decisions, too. I know their general manager talked today and said that Josh Allen's going to be a, a Jaguar. Okay, like that, you can do that because you have the capability of franchise tagging somebody. But Calvin Ridley's also a free agent. So, like, are both of them going to return for Jacksonville? I'd kind of be interested in one of those guys if they didn't. But, Jacks, like, they're still well coached. I don't think Jacksonville is going to be like a 6 and 11 team. I think they're at minimum always going to be in the hunt with the AFC South. I think Lawrence has under, like, underachieved, yep. but I don't think he stinks. I don't think he's lousy. No, and I think that, you know, again, to the highest level, Josh Allen is, gonna, is again, getting hyper scrutiny that you and I have gone back and forth on just based on, you know, how good do you think he is? I think a little lesser than that because of the fact that he, he hasn't gone as far. But you and I have gone back and forth on Lawrence, too. There's no doubt he has talent, right? There's no doubt that he was the number one pick for a reason. But I think he really has come up short since he's been in the NFL. And, yeah, he's had some injuries, too. But that all goes part of the process where you still got to prove it, and you've got to continue to prove it. You've got to continue to get better, and you, you've got to continue to prove you were worthy of that number one franchise quarterback pick in the NFL draft. And so far, he's, he still has a lot to prove. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. This 3780 says, I believe you were correct. Those chairs are actually called X. Eggs? I didn't know that. Those shares outside that yeah, rock I know, that look but like would, eggs. I can see the shape. I've never heard of it. Would it be an eggs in a basket? Because it looks like a basket. Uh, it's like a, it's like an egg basket. Wicker? It's kind of wicker. It's kind of wickery. It's yeah. kind of like those things that you. What is it? Is it a, it's not a whisk. I'm not good in the kitchen. But you know, like when I know what you're like, talking like about, like a, you it's, it is a whisk or a wisp or something like that. Yeah, it might be. It might be a whisk. Yeah, yeah. not. We're showing our ignorance yeah. here that yeah. we don't belong in the kitchen. One five six five. Screw it. Super Bowl, the hog game. If you can't say that, okay, I'm not going to say that there. <laughs> Almost had a Charles Berkeley Ron yeah, Burgundy moment there. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Is this the final chapter of a certain era of Astro baseball? It's the Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Doc Linville's office. Doc Linville's making a game-changing decision for you if you are going to go with him because he has the neograft procedure. He's the best in the business at doing it. If you don't know what it is but you're losing your hair, you've got pattern baldness or worse, and you don't think there's anything you can do about it, there absolutely is something you can do about it. You check out the neograft procedure. As a listener to our station, you can check it out for free. You can get all the information. See if it's right for you. It normally costs 150 bucks to have a consultation with Doc and his staff. You get it free just by going to 975hair.com. Go to that website. Sign up for an appointment. No money out of pocket. No signing on the dotted line. No commitments. Just you getting your questions answered, them explaining the process to you, and you figuring out, hey, is this right for me? Because this is a legit solution, not just masking the problem. If you don't know, it's taking your hair where you're never going to lose it. Genetically, you're never going to lose it on the sides of the back of your head, no matter how bald you go elsewhere. That's what Doc told me. I was not aware of that. And the other key that he told me was 95 to 99% of the follicles he's going to move are going to stay, grow, get longer, stronger, be with you for the long haul. That was the game changer for me. I did the procedure. I couldn't be happier with it. You could be next in line. Check him out today. Go to 975hair.com and sign up for an appointment to see Doc Linville. The Killer Bees have relocated their hive. It's at the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, which is currently located at the decoy. Let's join the boys, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. We'll get into the uh, the Astros in two minutes, but first I've got to address something that Andrew did just moments ago. 
and Andrew, you can defend yourself here. We're not going to silence you. We're not going to just poke fun at you and expect you to, to have a muzzle and, and not talk. He um, right, right next to We're the decoy spring branch. Great spot. Come out and hang out with us. Uh, great drink specials. Your spot to be this weekend, especially on Sunday for the football. Uh, wall-to-wall TVs, but they have a 24-foot indoor TV wall, 185-inch outdoor giant screen where we should be today. Uh, everyday specials as well. So right next to us, there's an underbelly burger spot. That's what it's called. Yeah. And Andrew was hungry. He's a hungry boy. Um, he just ordered a quadruple patty burger. Like, and that's, I mean, that's a story in itself. In retrospect, a mistake. Was it? Yeah. Didn't I mean, taste he ate right. it all. It didn't, oh, okay. Well, I mean, just like the, uh, <laughs> the, ratio, sponsor. The, the ratios are off. <laughs> the ratios are off. The burger tasted fine. Oh, but the, the ratios, bread to meat ratio. The sauce to meat ratio. Oh. The onion and tomato to meat ratio was all off yeah. with the quadruple. Homie over here ordered a quadruple patty like burger. I think, and that's, I, I think have you ever I, eaten a quadruple patty yeah. burger? I've never done that. Heck yeah. I think triple patty is the most I've ever done, and I've done it once. Oh, that's right. I thought you did say three <laughs> He's three doing four. Yeah, a quad. No, he went he went four. quad. I would, but I never have. He went quad burger. That's that's really huge. <laughs> a lot of meat. And not and so that's a story in itself. Impressive, disgusting, you choose. It's certainly on that spectrum. But he ate it in two minutes. Oh, did you see me not start the stopwatch? <laughs> I have witnessed minutes. on these remotes over time. Andrew's prowess in going after food with a vengeance. And so when he started unwrapping it, I started the stopwatch. I'm like, this ain't taking long. I, I have seen him go like absolute time on sprinter. He is, he is a legit sprinter eater. If Michael Phelps with burgers. Like, it's he, unreal. He ate a quad patty. In I mean, you how long how long do you think it was? Less than five minutes? I would oh, say a minute forty five. A I was minute forty five. Oh yeah. I've oh seen him over time gosh. at East River Nine hammer chicken sandwiches in under two minutes. I don't know to be impressed or disgusted. I really don't. Why not both? I think I am. You don't, don't have di- that. You don't have any <laughs> digestion problems later on for just eating that fast? No. <laughs> wow, good on you. I mean he is a I mean he's a specimen. Do I mean, you even taste it? Sometimes. Sometimes it's better not to. I mean, so. he gave us a pretty good rundown of the flavors and the ratios. Like, I, you're a robot. <laughs> you're a robot. All right, anyways, Josh Hader signed with the Astros the other day, 95 year or ninety-five million for five years. That'd be a long time. Uh, Fox put an article out there. It was Shusterman. Have you ever heard of him? Good for you. He says the Astros – this is the headline of the story. The Astros – is actually the tweet for a story. The Astros boasted one of the best late-inning duos in baseball before giving Josh Hader a record contract, so why do they add relief – the, the relief ace. So, okay, like why did they – they already have a Brayu. They have Presley. Why did they add Hader? Hader talks uh, – you know, the, the article talks about what Hader adds to a bullpen that was depleted. There was one thing that stood out to me, though. If you get it a couple paragraphs down, this gentleman says, there's a chance, however, that this upcoming season is the final chapter of a certain era of Astros baseball. Fair? Val, what do you make of that statement from uh, Shusterman? So I'll, I'll focus it on the the word era because I think that the window is still going to be open no matter what. If the era is ending, it's just because we've talked about the core four. We've talked about how this core of all these players, and some of them have changed or some have, have departed, but others have still been around to where it went from the original core four, which involved guys like Springer and Correa, and then went down and was changed until now you have a core four that's a little bit different. The era is going to change because it's probably going to mean the end of Alex Bregman's time with the Astros. 
Astros. It doesn't mean that the era of the golden era of Astros baseball is going to stop because that's going to stop when you start missing the playoffs and you don't win, and you're not winning as much and you're not being favored in the top three or four teams in the league to win a World Series. And I don't think that's going to stop. I think that they'll find another player or players to replace a guy like Alex Bregman who isn't like a world beater right now as opposed to where he was when he was a couple years ago when he was in you know the discussion for top three in MVP voting the fact is is that they're going to continue to make smart decisions they're going to continue to not to rational their ration their money you know in such a way and the years that they're willing to give it out to make sure that this team continues to sustain winning and they just showed you with a five-year deal for a Josh Hader with a, with what a year or two left on Ryan Presley they already have a, you know a, an answer in waiting with Abreu, and then either or, and if you continue to keep all three, all the better. But this team is going to contain to sustain winning. The era as it relates to another guy maybe possibly leaving in Alex Bregman changes. The um, I think this is a bad take, and I think that we spend a lot of time talking about like who's leaving. Uh, which I mean, I get you always a little worried about who's starting to go. I'm not saying this is like it's not not appropriate for you to start like being fearful of certain players walking out the door and that's always existed like you're fearful well, what's going to happen when Gary Cole leaves what's going to happen when Carlos Correa leaves what's going to happen when George Springer leaves so like we've lived it we've experienced it the Astros have reloaded not can understand well they can't always do this they can't always reload uh, they've been drafting further back in the first round they've had picks suspended they've had picks taken away from them uh, they can't always sustain this they've traded from the pipeline so like I, I understand it's 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 very like I understand I'm not even saying that you're wrong, but we don't spend enough time, in my opinion, talking about the foundation of what's going to continue the golden era of Astro baseball. Yes, Bregman's up in a year. Uh, Altuve's up in a year, although I expect them to re-sign Jose Altuve. Yes, Fromber is done in two. Tucker's done in two. I don't expect either one of those two guys to sign. But if you look at the pieces that you have for this foundation going forward, these are the players that you have under club control for at least three more seasons. And I would argue that there's not many teams in baseball, it's a very small list, that would have this type of core across the league. Like the Atlanta Braves have it, and they locked in their guys forever. The Rays are always going to have a young core. It's just the way that they do business. Uh, the Dodgers have kind of, like, they still have some, some pretty good prospects, but they've, they've spent a lot of money and have gotten much older. Um, and then other than that, like, I'm not sure that there's many teams around, the maybe like the Reds, because they're, they're like, super they're, yeah, young yeah, and coming yeah. up. Maybe like the Pirates, but the Pirates always screw things up. This is the foundation that the Astros have that they have under club control for at least, at least, at least three more seasons. Offensively, they have like a new core four. Jordan Alvarez, sure. who's locked up, and Jordan Alvarez, when Jordan Alvarez isn't hurt, now it's a, it's a big if, is the best hitter in baseball for my money. Uh, to, to me, he is the best. He has great plate discipline. He doesn't strike out all that much for a power guy, and I think he has – top five power in the entire sport you have him locked up that's a great piece to have there's not many teams in baseball that have a talent like Jordan Alvarez how many teams in baseball have a catcher that can hit very very few I think Yiner Diaz hit 20 something home runs last year as a rookie as a part-time player I think Yiner Diaz is going to be a top three offensive catcher in baseball starting next year and if I'm being a homer here 713-780-3776 I know that Jeremy Pena has been dogged on a little bit before his offense which wasn't a great offensive season his rookie year hit for very low average not much on base percentage last year he hit for more average and he got on base more but lost all of his power because he wasn't lifting the ball but Jeremy Pena is a sh- everyday shortstop for most teams in baseball. He's got a really good glove, and there's not a whole lot of great offensive shortstops. Jeremy Pena, at minimum, is a quality 
average to above average, at minimum, uh, average to above average everyday starter. Chaz McCormick, where are you at with him? He's under club control for three more seasons. And then if you look at the pitching staff, now you need some of these guys to develop and, and or bounce back. Christian Javier, you would like to see bounce back. If he can bounce back, you feel good about having Javier, who you signed to an extension. Hunter Brown. If Hunter Brown's first half of the season, Hunter Brown, you think that you have a potential ace. Luis Garcia is a middle-of-the-rotation starter, I believe. Yep. You have Brian Abreu, you have Josh Hader, all under club control for at least three seasons. How many teams in baseball have that foundation? I would argue very, very few. Yeah, you're right. And I think that you take it a step further by saying maybe not all three, but you should have Tucker for at least two of them, right? So you add Tucker to the mix. Yeah, I was put, going three or more, yeah, specifically because of the I'm Tucker saying, counterpoint. Even at a minimum, two of the three gives you the next two seasons where you see – you know, your bookend outfielders, if Jordan plays outfield, regardless, in the lineup, to have Tucker and to have Jordan in that middle of that lineup is better than most teams could imagine putting out there, and you have those going forward. And if you don't have Kyle Tucker, again, because you understand kind of the organizational um, philosophies, they're going to replace him with one or more players that you would think maybe they're not Kyle Tucker, but maybe they help another position across the board because we've seen that happen as well. When you take a guy that everybody loved in Maldi who was just absolutely nothing at the plate, but now you're taking one of the best offensive hitting, catching possibilities, and you put him in there, and now you upgrade that position in another way, plus you have more money to spend other places. The fact of the matter is is that you have, whether you include pitchers or not, you have another core four. I don't know that I put Chaz in there, but I know that there's enough quality right there, and you have the ability to be flexible enough to kind of plug and play other guys or look in other directions if you choose to move on from Bregman and then eventually Tucker. That's the other part of it too is it's going to like you're going to you're going to get money opened up. Yep. So like I don't think that Crane unless the team's poor and I don't expect it to be poor with that foundation, uh, he's going to he's going to try to find the free agents to fill in for guys that he's losing. Like I don't think that there is an heir apparent to Alex Bregman in the system. I be, I believe he's going to sign a, a veteran third baseman that can be decent until they find that third baseman of the future. I feel like they've done that in the past at certain positions. Like Michael Brantley was somebody like that. Uh, they've done it in the bullpen, uh, of course, which is a little easier to find some some relief help in free agency than it is like offensive help I just don't think many people we we look at who's leaving and we get fearful of that because we love this Astro Golden Era but if you look at the foundational pieces that are here for three or more years you got something good Jeremy think about what we heard haters say and what you and I have talked about when it comes to the Texans as it relates to the Astros even more so players want to play here they're gonna. Hater said, I, I he and he went way, way in depth about not just on the baseball field, but the fact that they care about each other. He loved the locker room vibe. He loved the culture. He loved the fact that this was something he wanted to be a part of. I think there's a ton. Abreu said the same thing. The minute I saw this team in the World Series, I said that's where I wanted to be next year. That's what Abreu said. When you see guys that are saying that, they're going to make the effort to come to you as much as you are going to come to them. You're right. They're going to find a solution for Alex Bregman. Maybe it's short term. Maybe it's not. But I fully, wholeheartedly believe that between the guys that want to play here and the guys that they identify, you'll find a guy that's going to be able to fill in at third base and probably do it quite admirably. So I love the fact that they have the ownership that still wants to win. You have a general manager that seems to be a very good evaluator of talent. 
and you still have a ton of resources to, pl- uh, to, to pluck from, especially when you look at the starting pitching. You go seven or eight starting pitchers. If you have, you know, half of those guys turn out, that's absolutely fantastic. If you use one or two of those guys to go get something that you need, even better. But the fact is the resources are aplenty when we talk about if a guy leaves, you still have the financial resources and so much more. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would love to play for the Tigers if they pay me 19 or $19.5 million, though. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I do. But you can easily convince somebody to say that if you pay them top of the market. Uh, there are two things we didn't account for that I'll tell you on the other side. Also, Robert Flores was on with uh, John and Lance today featuring Dell, and he talked about the Astros rotation and a strategy that he expects them to deploy this season. 713-780-3776. Killer Breeze, ESPN 97.5, ESPN at 92.5. And you're back with the Killer Bees inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy. Here are the Bees Knees themselves, Joel and Jeremy. I'll behave. <laughs> Thank you, Spence. Brad and Blank. We are broadcasting live from the Decoy in Spring Brain. How about these uh, conference uh, specials coming up on Sunday? Conference championship specials. $3 Fireball, $19, 100-ounce Love Street Tower. Carlson could probably knock that out in five seconds. $100 Don Julio bottles, uh, VIP boots and bottle service always available for rent. There's three sand volleyball courts and cornhole lanes. Those are only $10 a court to rent all of February. Great deal. Daily special. Today's a throwback Thursday. Yesterday was a Western Wednesday. Tomorrow, a ladies' night Friday. Uh, Big Sip Saturday. Treat yourself Sunday. So, great spot to always hang out, especially to watch your football. 24-foot indoor TV, 185-inch outdoor giant screen. And I know there's not uh, UFC or boxing this weekend, I don't believe. Uh, but uh, always your spot for uh, those events as well. Never a cover charge here at the Decoy in Spring Branch. Great spot to spend your Thursday uh, happy hour after work as well. 713-780-ESP. Is this the final chapter of a certain era of Astro baseball opines Fox Sports? We, we think no. You have guys that are under club control for at least the next three years of Jordan, Yiner, Pena, McCormick, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, Luis Garcia, Brian Abreu, Josh Hader. Two things we didn't account for. One, like, I, I expect them to re-sign Jose Altuve. I guess there's no guarantees in life, and Jose Altuve's current contract expires at the end of the season. But I would expect him to stick around. I, I, don't, I would be stunned if Jose Altuve ever plays for another baseball team. I agree, and I think that he's basically stated that, which is key when you have an agent like Scott Boris because Scott's going to go out and chase every last penny he can get for you. But the fact is, is if you go out and ch- tell him, you know, your desire is to stay here, and he said that he wants to stay here, and I think that the organization and ownership feels the exact same way. And you put this along the lines of Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, those type of legends. Everybody remembers the one year in Toronto but tries to forget with Akeem. But this seems like one of those kind of historic kind of relationships where he ain't going anywhere and it's going to be his choice to step away and not leave the second thing that i would point out is the astros like the astros i believe the reason that they're so great yeah they've had incredible talent but i think that the astros secret sauce is is developing their players Uh, they've developed a lot of really good young players along the way why is that going to stop so while the Astros minor league system isn't like top 10 in baseball, it's not even top half in baseball, I still expect them to plug away and produce big league players that are helping your big league team. So 
I'm still confident about the Houston Astros long-term, even if Tucker leaves, even if Fromber leaves, even if Bregman leaves. I'd be heartbroken if Altuve leaves, but even if Altuve leaves, I think they can you know, certainly not replace him, but sustain winning without him. I hope and that I, doesn't and happen. I agree with you. They don't have to be high draft picks or blockbuster trade a- acquisitions to be guys that I don't think when, it, you know, from the, it started with, and Strami used to get all the credit for it, but it started with all the different pitchers that came in that everybody's like, who, wait, what? Who's a Charlie Morton, and, and what can Garrett Cole do on the next level? But then all of a sudden you see these guys turn into bona fide Cy Young candidates that are just monumental in, in, in a big part of this golden era of Astros baseball. And then you go in and say, okay, well, there's also throwaway guys. Like, you know, they saw something in a Mauricio Dubon to take a guy that they weren't going to use in their far- farm system that was a catcher when they knew the backlog of catchers they had, and they got a guy like Mauricio Dubon. Everybody's like, who's that guy? What's he ever going to do? And then all of a sudden, he wins a gold glove, but he plays multiple positions and comes in and fills in at a time when you needed him to with Jose Altuve, and you go, damn, he's really good. Do a, do a breaking news sounder, Blankers. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. The Atlanta Falcons have filled their head coaching job. We got this on YouTube. Did we? Yeah. Raheem Morris? Raheem Morris. I missed it on YouTube. Yeah. Raheem Morris Thank is the you, new Falcons. head coach of the – I am stunned that they hired Raheem Morris with the offensive talent that they have. i got to call my great uncle and thank him. Yeah, thank like I am I am stunned that they just hired Raheem Morris to be the head coach. Like I could like Belichick was the odds on favor, but we had heard from Schefter like that seems to be fading. Yep. Uh, but the other offensive minds that they had it like they had an in person interview today with Bobby Slowick at, at the house at the house at the Arthur Blank residence. That's normally the, the telltale sign something's developing. I wonder if he told him no. I'm mad at him if he did. I mean, now Vrabel I think was in house yesterday too. So like. They're dirt, and they had 14 candidates, so they're certainly doing their due diligence. I just wonder. I am stunned that they hired Raheem Morris. Maybe though. Uncle Artie spent too much time in the bathroom and scared uh, Bobby Sloak nah, Come on, don't put that on Artie Blank. Like, come Blank on, seems man. nice. That's what I'm saying. He's got a great name. He's, uh, you know, the great uncle. I, I, I think I commend him for a great hire, whether it works out or not, because it doesn't take the Texans' offensive coordinator. So I've been, uh, we've been updating, like, the percentage chance of uh, Sloak getting a head coaching job in this cycle. Mine's been fluctuating all day today. It was 40% when I went to bed last night. We woke up this morning to the news of Carolina, so it's... It's like, okay, well, that makes me feel better. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it down to – I think I dropped it down to 30%. Then I saw the Bill Belichick stuff where he's falling out of favor in Atlanta, and it got bumped back up to 35%. Now that the Falcons are going to hire Raheem Morris, stunner to me, because I thought they would get an offensive guy if it wasn't Belichick or Vrabel, um, my, my chances of Bobby Slowick leaving are down to 5%. Five? Five percent. I can't, Jerry. Five percent. Go there's only than... there's only two co- There's yeah, only but, two jobs left. But one of Seattle. Them. I don't think he'll be in Seattle. Washington's going to hire Ben Johnson. Are they? I believe so. Now Ben Johnson could also pass on that twice. He's going to pass know. up on head coaching cycles twice. I still think that because there's he's the number two candidate there, and like I said, he is poor man's Ben Johnson. That if something falls through on, regardless of how, with Ben Johnson. I got to go a little bit higher than five because of the fact that I believe that if it isn't Ben Johnson, it is going to be Bobby Slowick. So I'll say I bumped that up a little bit. I'm still going to say 15%. Okay. 15% that he could still leave, but I'm really feeling good about the numbers now that, that, that the teams that I thought he was going to go to, for the most part, have already got, filled their head coaching See, job. See, we, we agree with the map of Slowick getting a head coaching job. We just differ slightly. On the chances, right? Like, we how feel, solid uh, we, is? Yeah, we feel how. Yeah, this is basically boils down to what are the chances that Ben Johnson says no uh, to Washington? I'm at five. 
you're at 15. Yep. But the, in, if you were a fan of Bobby Slowick keeping, you know, staying on as the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, this is great news for you. Because however you want to drop the percentages, it drops the percentages. Maybe greater for some than others. But it certainly drops the chances of Bobby Slowick getting a head coaching job. I would be very surprised if he gets a head coaching job. Two left, Seattle. I think he had one interview there. They haven't followed up with a second interview, and it seems like they're already following up with other second interviews with different candidates. I kind of have the feeling Vrabel gets that job after I thought Dan Quinn at the beginning of the cycle. Um, and then, yeah, I think I just think yeah. Ben Johnson's a shoe in for Washington. You know, it's so, funny, but I think that of all of the different guys that were in this coaching cycle, I, I think that Quinn was the guy that pays the biggest price, the ultimate price, for his last game. I, thought, so. I think that you know a year ago you would have said that he was earmarked for multiple jobs and the Cowboys actually paid him enough to stay because they didn't want him to leave because they wanted him to possibly be the heir apparent there. And now because of that last game and that playoff result, I think he's paying the ultimate price. Yeah, this is uh, interesting news. Uh, Slowick, now I would say this increases the chances of Gerard Johnson leaving. Uh, does Gerard Johnson get an offensive coordinator job somewhere? I still don't think so. You don't think? You don't, don't think he gets Cleveland, New Orleans, Philly? I don't. Well, I'll say this. I think if he does, it will be non-play calling offensive coordinator job. I don't think he's going to jump into a job and take play calling right away in year one. But if he wants to take the promotion from quarterback's coach to an offensive coordinator and, and get continue to learn while he's under a Kevin Stefanski or he's under you know someone like Sirianni in Philadelphia, I could see it. Philadelphia, though, Sirianni's not going to want to call plays, and I don't think he's ready to do that yet. But if the money's right and the offer's there, he's not saying no. Yeah, I don't think Sirianni's ever called plays. Because even whenever he That's was... That's right, you're right. Yeah, I don't think he's ever called plays. I, I wouldn't trust um, that Jabroni Steichen, to call plays anyway. Yeah, Steichen was calling them. Yeah, and then when he was the OC in Indy, I think Frank Reich was calling plays. So okay, he's, yeah. he's he's never called plays in his uh, in his coaching career. I wouldn't, tr- yeah, I wouldn't trust that Jabroni. I can't believe they, they didn't fire that Jabroni. 713-780-ESPN. So Raheem Moore is the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. This is uh, great news if, if you wanted to keep Bobby Slowick in Houston, which why shouldn't you? Like, I think you can nitpick and critique a lot of things for Bobby Slowick and what he does, but why wouldn't you want another year of continuity? Like, that, that, it's it's a no-brainer to me. you got to have that year of continuity, and this is good news for, uh, for the Houston Texans, I believe. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. When we return, let's get to this Rockets game yesterday. Worst loss of the year, people are saying. And should you foul, up three, just over one and a half seconds left to play. We'll discuss Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, we got conference championship weekend coming up after that, the big game in two weeks after that, and so much every single night when it comes to sports that makes everything interesting. And when you want to make it even more interesting, what do you do? You put a little money down. On it, And why do you do that? Because even the most uninteresting game or a game you don't have a rooting interest in becomes absolutely must-see TV for you because you got a chance to win some cash. And the fact is, if you do it at mybookie.ag, there are so many different ways that you can actually cash in even before you place any money down on a game because they love to take care of their listeners, and they do it with a promo code, BET975. It's our promo code that we give to you. You give it to them, and you see the results almost instantaneously because right now, whether you're re-upping an account that you already created or you're creating an account for the first time at mybookie.ag, use that promo code BET975, and you can get a match bonus. Put anything from 50 to to $1,000, they'll match it instantly. So you put in 100 All of a sudden, you got 200 in your account more money in your account means more games you can bet on and of course more chances to win they have live in-game betting as well so there's always a chance to make another wager and come out ahead and they have everything the nfl playoffs they have hockey soccer golf 
college basketball, pro basketball, and so much more. Check them out today, mybookie.ag, because even when there aren't games going on, there's real dealers standing by with real Vegas games going on like poker and blackjack. They are going to take care of you when you want to be taken care of and get the, your, your gambling fix on at a place like mybookie.ag. Use that promo code BET975. Do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it, mybookie.ag, promo code BET975.